This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the Agenda here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for taking the time to join as well. With a month to go until transfer deadline day, the timer is well and truly set for Liverpool to conclude their summer dealings. A forward is on most people's wish list, whilst a midfielder is perhaps the priority for Jurgen Klopp and Michael Edwards. Coming up then, we're going to assess who the Reds have been linked with to fill their Genie Vijnaldum-shaped hole and ultimately who could be the player to fill it. To do that, we have our Blood Red writer, Matt Addison, and Bloodrend debutant Charlotte Coach. Charlotte, how are you? You looking forward to, to getting involved? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm um, excited to discuss transfers with you all. Something that's something something that's very hot on the topic this summer for Liverpool, especially in, like you've said, the uh, midfielder department with Bynaldum going and needing to be replaced and a doubt over Henderson's future and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, there is plenty to get into, Matt. I've, I've kind of divided it into a few topics of all the different players who have been linked. At times, it feels like every midfielder in sort of Europe's top five leagues has been linked to Liverpool. But I suppose setting out the stool, what is it specifically, do you think, that Liverpool need in a midfielder this summer? I think it's a really interesting one. I think it's it's something that they have found pretty difficult from what we've heard and, and from what they have told us. It's kind of the case that they're looking for almost like a, a unicorn type player, aren't they? They're looking for someone a bit like Diogo Jota last summer who they know that is good enough and, and has that ceiling to, to kick on, but maybe isn't going to come into that first choice midfield trio at the moment. We know from next season it's going to be what it would have been last season had it not been for, for injuries, which is Fabinho at the base, Thiago on one side and, and Jordan Henderson on the other. So improving on those three is, is very, very difficult. I think looking ahead to, to the future, you've got to find someone, as I say, to, to have that ceiling. But it's that balance, isn't it? It's having somebody who is good enough, but also coming in for the right transfer fee, the right wages. And I think it's also important that they look for, for someone who can do not just the durability type thing that Gini Wijnaldum brought to the table, but also the ability to play in a couple of different roles as well. Obviously, Wijnaldum came in as a number 10, didn't really play in that role, played as an eight, played as a six. And I think, you know, the, the six is a really important thing. They've lost him. They've only really got Fabinho that can play in that role. I think to have somebody who can play in a similar position to him, maybe offer something different in terms of, of what they do in that role, but fundamentally someone who can play there if Fabinho isn't there, I think is is hugely important. I think it's 24 matches Fabinho has missed over the last two seasons between them. So he's not got a perfect injury record himself. I think that is something that they're going to have to look at because I think of, of all the options, you, you'd say he's the, the one that's sort of the most unique. I think you've got other players who can play in, in other roles. We've seen Harvey Elliott come through. I think Liverpool have lots of options, but there is still room for that one more just to be added into that mix. Yeah, no, it is interesting. And I suppose, Charlotte, sort of ultimately it's near on impossible to replace Genie Vinaldon with everything he brought to Liverpool. But we saw last year with the sort of centre half crisis that durability is perhaps the most obvious thing that anyone coming into Liverpool is going to need. Because even before last season, I don't think many people predicted the, the centre back crisis that happened, albeit Joel Matip and Joe Gomez have had injuries in the past. But you can look at who's currently there in the Liverpool midfield and it's sort of surefire bet that the likes of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita aren't going to have it in them to be available every week through the course of the season. Yeah, exactly. Like you've said, as much as everyone wants Keita to succeed and how talented how talented he is and 
all that sort of thing. He he's not reliable. I don't think he start as he as he started to be on the bounce in the Premier League for us before. I'm not I think sure that's he has. The most, isn't it? That's is the that most. most. He's never done more exactly. than that. Exactly. Is, yeah. For for what we need in the midfield and for how for how Klopp sets his side up with the midfield being like the like it's such it's such workman like isn't it and they get through a lot of work with Trent down one side and and Robertson down the other side the midfield is used it, its legs to get across and cover them areas um, so having such a settled a settled midfield in Fabinho Henderson and Van Alden what it was when we won the Champions League and the league. Um, finding someone to come in and fill that gap and play fifty odd games a season and get through all that work—it's—it's it's not, it's not easy to do. Yeah, no, most definitely, and I, I think that's one of the big things, Matt, in terms of added sort of criteria as to what Liverpool are looking at. We, we you mentioned Diogo Jota and maybe that kind of a bit of a template, but he was kind of brought in with the luxury of being able to kind of learn away on the job whilst also take time out of the team, obviously with the illustrious front three that Liverpool have. Whereas in midfield, it could probably do to be someone who's got a bit of pedigree about them. And so I've kind of drawn up three categories of players who have been linked with Liverpool over sort of the last few days and, and weeks. We've got Premier League options, the proven players at sort of top European level, and also a couple of up-and-coming talents who might be ready already to kind of take that step and become a proven player, which is very much of the Liverpool mould. But we'll start with those in the Premier League. Yuri Tielemans, Yves Basuma and John McGinn have all kind of been touted towards Liverpool. Now, there's a lot of interest from Liverpool supporters in Yuri Tielemans, but whether or not that deal can be done remains to be seen. And I suppose with the Premier League, you've you've kind of got that tax almost, as it were, of high transfer fees demanded. Yeah, I think there's there's going to be issues, to be honest, with all of those categories that you've picked out. And I think price is the chief one, certainly with the the, play, the, the players who are already in the Premier League. You look at, at Yuri Tielemans, OK, he's only got two years left on his contract, but I've said it all summer, I just can't see that happening because I think Leicester would ask for 60, 70 million at, at the very least. And is he a player that you would describe as a, a transformational addition? That's what it has to be for Liverpool to spend that sort of money. I don't think it necessarily is. I think he is a very good player. I think he can do that Wijnaldum role at least as well, if not better than than what Wijnaldum can. But I think you've got to offer a little bit more than that to convince me that Liverpool would ever spend that sort of money on him. And I think Leicester's a, a difficult one. I think I would put them in a kind of same sort of boat really as a, a Borussia Dortmund or a team like that, where if Liverpool are interested in a player like a Tielemans or like a Jadon Sancho or a, an Erling Haaland or, or someone like that, I think you've got to, to get those players before they go to those teams because they will just get out the most amount of money. We've seen it, you know, with Riyad Mahrez, with Harry Maguire, with so many other examples, Jadon Sancho at, at Dortmund. I think if Liverpool were to have got Yuri Tielemans, they would have had to have done it straight from Monaco. And of course, Leicester paid about £40 million for him. They're not going to let him go on the cheap. I think he is, for me, almost out of the question, even though he would be pretty much perfect. I just think it's it's really hard to see Liverpool going, not just for him, to be honest, but for, for any player in the Premier League, because obviously in that position, everyone knows that Liverpool are looking for a midfielder. Everyone knows that when Alden has gone, there's just going to be a premium. And I, th- I think certainly, you know, certainly with Leicester or, or certainly with any English players, Calvin Phillips is another one that's been linked, Declan Rice at times. You know, you're looking at maybe 80 to 100 million for Declan Rice, which is just you know ridiculous and, and doesn't match up with the quality of the player. But 
it just doesn't match up with the way that, that Liverpool do things either. Yeah, John McGinn was one I was a bit surprised, Charlotte, to sort of see supposedly of, of interest for Liverpool. But if Jack Grealish is to go from Aston Villa this summer, you maybe we can sort of strike through that one. They're not going to want to lose McGinn as well. But Eve Basuma is a player who really intrigues me. He had a good season at Brighton. He's been linked with moves to other Premier League sides as well. And he is into the last two years of his contract. That, to me, sort of strikes me as the kind of thing Liverpool may well be into. Yeah, I watched a lot of Basuma last season once... Um... I saw the links and like I like what I saw. He's a good player, he's energetic. Um, but especially with, with Ben White going to Arsenal for 50 million, it's the Brighton need the money after that. So yeah. you like you you were thinking you were you were hearing that 40 million for Basuma around that mark. And I don't know if Liverpool will pay that sort of money for, for someone like who's not really proven at a top six a top six club at all. Um and he's also is he not more a defensive type, like I don't yeah. know what his what his output is going forward. Could he contribute in that way? Um, so spending spending 40, 50 million on a player where for Liverpool to do that, you like the wanton impact all over the pitch going forward, creating, um, getting through defensive work, and I'm not really sure he can do that. No, I think that's a good point. And actually sort of picking up on, on Matt's other point as well in, in what you were saying there in terms of impacting all around the pitch, I think he is very much more accustomed to probably only playing in one of those three midfield roles that Jurgen yeah. Klopp would want to use him. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Well, let's move on to kind of the next category then, Matt. These are the proven players. We've only got two players in here, albeit you can throw many more in, even a Premier League name. I know Paul Pogba tentatively was linked. <laughs> we can laugh that one off. But the the, the top calibre players that I've got in there from European clubs who have been linked is Sal Niguez. Those links seem to have been around for a couple of weeks now. And I've thrown Aaron Ramsey in there as well because Juventus seem to be as though they would consider letting him go. Of course, he would also come in with Premier League and Champions League experience also. Yeah, OK. Let, let's start with Paul Pogba and dismiss that one straight away. The, the wages are yeah. just not going to be the case. Absolutely not. I can I can see that Mino Raiola, his agent, might have offered him to Liverpool as a kind of way of, of enticing Manchester United to give him a new contract. I, I can't buy that. I can sort of see where those things have come from. But is it going to happen? Absolutely not. Aaron Ramsey, I think, is, is pretty similar. I think he's on around £400,000 a week at Juventus. There's no way that Liverpool would pay that. He's also a very similar age to Gini Wijnaldum and I think probably one of the biggest reasons that Liverpool moved Wijnaldum on is because of that age, the length of contract, all of that sort of thing, trying to, to refresh their midfield. So that doesn't make a huge amount of sense. I think out of, of the three, the clear winner for me would be would be Saul. I think he's a proven player. He's a player that, as you say, that the links don't seem to be going anywhere. I think the sticking point really would be the wages. There's kind of a disparity in the reports. Some people suggesting that maybe he's on around 250,000 a week. Some others suggesting it, it might be closer to, to 100,000. So a huge sort of gap between those two figures. I think if it was the sort of lower end and he was keen, possibly Liverpool could do something. I don't think the transfer fee would necessarily be you know, outrageous or, or out of the question. It, it seems like Atletico are fairly keen to, to move him on. They've got a few financial troubles of their own, albeit not on the same sort of scale as, as Barcelona or, or Real Madrid. But I think they could do with a bit of money. Seems to have fallen down the, the pecking order for them. So I think that would be would be the most likely. But even that, I think 
as I said at the start, for, for Liverpool, what they're trying to find this summer is a player that is, you know, going to come in and, and be a long-term option. One of those who can can come in and, and maybe develop, maybe be a little bit younger, a little bit less proven. I'm just not quite sure that I can see, you know, Sal coming in. I think obviously everyone will sort of point to Thiago and, and say, well, that, that's not what they did last summer. But I do think that was a special case. It, it was one of those that we always thought, you know, if if a player like Thiago comes up and, and is sort of, I think it's it's fair to say he has been or, or certainly was at one stage considered, you know, a generational type player. I think if if it's those sorts of transformational players, maybe you, you break that rule and obviously they managed to, to get him in very cheaply. So I think if if a similar thing could be done for Sal, possibly that could be on the table. But are you going to get him quite so cheaply? I'm not quite convinced that you are. So I think he's the, the most likely, but even with him, I can see there would be a few issues before Liverpool could get that done. Yeah, might also one of the issues as well come to you on Selnagez as well, Charlotte. If we've we've ruled out Pogba and Ramsey in saying that it would be a very different style of play, wouldn't it? Going from Diego Simeone's team into Jurgen Klopp's. Of course, Jurgen Klopp did make some comments when the two met in the Champions League a couple of seasons ago now, but he is 26. He, He's obviously played for, for Spain as well. He is used to being in a sort of possession-based side that Liverpool are becoming more and more accustomed to, as well as having that bite of being a midfielder in Simeone's side. What what do you think of the links? Excited by them, or do you think this is just sort of media speculation and going nowhere? Um, I'm excited by him. I, I really rate him from what, from what I've seen of him in the Champions League. Um, and obviously, they've got good pedigree in the Champions League in recent years getting to two finals and like they should have won it by all accounts during especially the first final um but we saw him firsthand when when they beat us um a couple of seasons ago but yeah the way the way after score play it's, it's a certain type of way and you find it kind of funny when when you watch it when it's not against your side but um but yeah when he scored some brilliant goals like he seems technically very good on the ball dribbling um, and it is good that he's got that bite about him where he can snap into tackles. He's not afraid. Like the the problem with the Premier League when people come in from foreign leagues is that it's can can they match up to the the physicality of it? Um, and him playing in a Simeone side, it's that shouldn't be a question. Um, and playing for Spain and also Atletico have signed a midfielder themselves, haven't they? De Paul from yeah, Rodrigo De Paul, yeah, Udinese, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So you think you're wondering whether that transfer it could it can be done for Liverpool if if they stump up the fee or the wages or whatever the stumbling block is. Um, but yeah, it could be one to really excite the fans. That one. Yeah, one definitely. I think to to keep an eye on would be interesting to see if it were to come to fruition. Right, final category then, and I think this is maybe going to be the exciting one for us all to to get into is the up and coming players. Uh, Matt, I'll, I'll let you sort of take the floor on which player you like, and I know he he plays in the Bundesliga, no? Yeah, one of one of a few names that, that I would sort of have my eye on is is Florian Neuhaus. I think. We've gone through the wages, we've gone through the transfer fee, we've gone through the age of these players. I think with him, he is the only one that I would look at and go through that checklist of, of what Liverpool are after. The position that he plays as well can play in any one of, of the three midfield roles. He's the only one that I look at and think there's no reason that Liverpool wouldn't do it. 
you know, the wages wouldn't be enormous. The transfer fee, okay, his release clauses has passed. But Borussia Mönchengladbach, I think, you know, from speaking to people in Germany, the, the idea is that if Liverpool were to pay sort of 40-odd million pounds, which I think would be a decent sort of fee for, for someone of, of his age and, and profile, I think that would be, you know, a, a deal that certainly could be done, if not this summer, then certainly next summer. He's one of those that I think would just suit the way that, that Liverpool play. Um, I just think the links seem a lot more realistic with him. So, yeah, in terms of, of the kind of player that I described before that I can imagine Liverpool going for, I think of all of these names, he is the one really that you're kind of describing him without naming him up until that point. And yeah, I think for, for me, Florian Neuhaus would be an obvious one to, to go for in, in as much as he just fits every single one of, of the criteria, really. Yeah, what do you make of him, Charlotte? And also another player in the, the Bundesliga who I'm increasingly becoming infatuated with in Jude Bellingham. Maybe not able to happen this summer, but I think he'd be a brilliant acquisition. Yeah, um, Neuhouse, it, it just seems like, like Matt said, it, it's it's basically a typical Liverpool signing, that, isn't it? Where it fits the profile with age, with fee, most likely wages won't be high. Um and he, he's output as well with six goals, four assists last season. So, especially as you as you get older, as you improve, you'd think that you'd think that'd go up. Um, and when Klopp gets his hands on a player like that with potential, you always he always seems to improve him. Um, but yeah, Bellingham, he seems to be the dream, really, doesn't he? Um, he's probably the closest thing to to Gerrard I've, I've seen, which bold claim, but. Yeah, he's a, he's got a lot of talent. Um, but like you say, Dortmund, the savvy in the transfer window, aren't they? And especially with selling Sancho this window, Haaland linked to to Chelsea to City. You're not really sure how. Well, they're not. They won't be short of money, but seems to be a tough one to get over the line. That one, the Bellingham one. Yeah, most definitely. Final one I want to just talk about, Matt. And you mentioned Florian Neuhaus probably ticking every box that Liverpool would look to tick. What about Manuel Locatelli? I mean, he got a couple of goals for Euros in uh, for Italy in the Euros. He looked very good there. Sassuolo seemed to be open to a similar kind of fee of €40 million. Euros. Arsenal have been linked to, so to Juventus. It seems his heart may be set on Juventus, but as we know, they've not maybe got quite the money that the Premier League sides have. And at 23 years old, could probably grow, flourish, and develop into to, to quite a player. Yeah, no, he, he does look a he does look a good player. I think there there's probably other players that would fit the way that Liverpool play slightly better, just on what I've seen. And I think he almost fits into that kind of Mikel Damsgaard type sort of profile of if Liverpool were going to get him, they probably would have done it before the Euros because the price has now you know gone up and obviously off the back of, of playing for Italy and, and all that kind of thing. I think teams are going to have to play, or pay, I should say, a lot more for him. So I think I'd be surprised if, if Liverpool went for him, but I think you know that there will inevitably be these links because, as you say, there's kind of interest, I think, from Arsenal, or certainly there was earlier in the summer. Juventus seemed to, to be looking at him as well, but nothing's happened quite yet. And I think, like you say, whilst the price is high, I think you know his his, his team would, would be quite keen to, to cash in and, and take take the money really for him whilst it's it's at that point. So I think he'd be he'd be an interesting one to, to keep an eye on. I still prefer Florian Neuhaus. I think there's a couple of other names as well. I think Eduardo Camavinga possibly could be available. Ryan Gravenberch as well. Obviously two sort of younger players, still only teenagers, but again, could fit the profile for Liverpool. But 
yeah, I think that there'd be one or two names ahead of, of Locatelli for me, but I think he is an interesting player. There's there's no doubt about that. Is there anyone else you have your eye on, Charlotte, who Liverpool <laughs> should be should be tracking? Gravenberch was the one. Um like heard, heard quite a bit about him. Um and then he featured for Holland a bit in the Euros, didn't he? But he he looks to be of of the Bellingham like build in the midfield. Um but yeah, his age and you just you just feel like you you let Klopp get someone like that and he can just turn him into anything, really. Yeah, definitely. It will be worth keeping an arm. Well, that's it from us for this edition of the Agenda here on the Blood Red channel. Do make sure to check out the links in the description if you want to sign up to our Blood Red Club and get exclusive content directly to your email inbox every week. All you need to do is leave your email address and that content will find its way to you. But from myself, Guy Clark, Matt Addison and Charlotte Coates, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.